Hi, Rick. I've been excited to sit down and talk about another one of the messages in our Dear Church series. Welcome back to the podcast. I... Where's this time going? I can't believe we're four weeks in. We're basically a month it's in. Like the halfway point. It's cold. It's fall. It's I. It just it feels like the summer and all the warmth and all of the the launching of things just flew by. Well, I'm, I'm kind of glad we're past launch and now we're into orbit. It's okay. nice to yeah. be uh, cruising along here yeah. and I'm yeah. hearing great things from our small groups about I, how they're how they're connecting with the series and having good conversations. I love hearing about the conversations that people are having and just really wrestling. And, it, the, and even though um, some of those language I just introduced this weekend, people aren't using the vocabulary, but they're describing this. People are wrestling through, okay, what's the content of the gospel? And these are the implications. And this is why I'm energized to to, to really align with it. The people are, those are the conversations people are having. And I love that. That's the, that's the Holy Spirit of God at work inside of us, helping us to grow into Christ-likeness. I, it just may, as a pastor, it gets me really, really excited. Yeah, no, I join you in that excitement. And, and you and I have been talking offline about our enthusiasm to not just work through some of this language now, but even mm-hmm. to begin to incorporate it intentionally into our next small group series. Uh, so this this language mm-hmm. around gospel fluency, mm-hmm. about knowing the content of the gospel, and about understanding the implications and applying the motivations. This is language that's likely to reappear, mm-hmm. uh, not just in this series, but in uh, in the next series that we do with our small groups. Yeah, and I think this is, and I, I really appreciate your, your work on that. I think what's gonna happen is as people begin to think Think about those three those three sentences, those three descriptors, and, and kind of process some questions. I think it's going to feel like, especially when they're reading the New Testament, it's just going to jump off the page and come alive mm-hmm. as they're saying, "Okay, this is this is what Jesus has done for us, and now this is how it impacts all kinds of different areas of my life." And and yeah, this is why I would this is why I would repent. This is why I pursue wisdom. This is why I'm working to mm-hmm. to apply this because of all kinds of different things that are that are talked about in the text. I for me, it's immensely valuable. I've been doing it. Um, I've just been doing it naturally for a long time in my preaching. I figured I need to start talking about it out loud Mm -hmm. so people can understand because I want them to experience the benefits of it in the same way that that I have. Mm-hmm. So using this this framework for gospel fluency, you just mentioned it's something you've been using in your own Bible study, and, mm-hmm. and it is a great Bible study method, but it goes beyond just a Bible study method. This isn't just a way of mining for facts, sure. but it really is an, an opportunity to see what's in Scripture and to see how it not just applies to our life, but how it can change our life in helping us become people who are more like Jesus. So I'm very excited about that. Absolutely. You know, I, I don't think, people who've been around Autumn Ridge for a while, I don't think they'd be surprised to to hear me say, we've got to preach the gospel to ourselves. you got to be the best preacher. You know, I've said that. This is how I do that for me. Mm-hmm. Is okay, just remembering what is the gospel? How does it impact this? And then why why am I... Why am I trusting and following Jesus in this? And just being able to do that has helped me in so many ways. Like, uh, imagine, uh, I'm not sure that I want to get into like particular scenarios, but I'm thinking about times maybe I was having trouble letting go of anger mm. or or struggling with struggling with forgiveness and and just setting down bitterness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was. It's just kind of going through what is the content of the gospel and preaching the gospel to myself and then talking about how, so how does the truth of that, how does that intersect with what I'm going through right now? 
And then it real I find that as as that starts to happen, I feel like something is happening inside of me that really just kind of causes me to joyfully want to move in the way of Christ. And so um, it has meant the it, it has been transformational for me. And so I'm hoping that it will be for others as yeah. well. So we are going to get to the Revelation 2 content and the message of the letter to the church to okay. Thyatira in a second. But I really would appreciate taking just a couple there more is, minutes. Hold on. There's nope. some debate. What did you just say? <laughs> what is the name of this I city? I pronounce it Thyatira. I say Thyatira, and then sometimes I say Thyatira. And so I, but there is debate around the office. How do you say it? So yeah. I'll go with yours. Okay. Well, oh, thank you. That was an easy win. <laughs> Um, but I do want to talk just a little bit more uh-huh. about gospel fluency because mm-hmm. it is the way that you brought up the message, the way that you launched into this message, and, and it would have been potentially easy for someone who's still kind of getting settled after great worship to uh, to, to really have their listening cap mm-hmm. on at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you just spell out a little bit more the, the three the three ideas know the content of the gospel yeah understand the implications of the gospel and apply the motivation of the gospel with the first one know the content of the gospel what yeah. do you mean by that what is the content of the gospel this is primarily about all that Jesus has done um, all the things that he's accomplished for us all the things that he's done in response to our great need in response to to our sin it's the full story of who God is his work in in creation his commands everything about who God is and what he's done that's the content of the gospel but we're primarily talking about the person of Jesus and what he's what, he, what he's what he's done for us and yeah it is the content of the gospel and knowing it is, is what we need to know to be able to say, no, I want. I believe Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, and I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I give my life to him. But the gospel covers all of life. Mm-hmm. It is it is the way of life. It is the is this abundant life that in John chapter 10, Jesus said that he came to give. Satan comes to take that stuff away. Jesus said, I came to give life to its fullest. That It's the gospel. It is everything that the good news is about and everything that the good news touches. That's mm-hmm. the that's the content of the gospel. I think that's helpful because it's really easy in our thinking to limit gospel to meaning what Jesus did on the cross to save us from our sins and that he was resurrected and and uh, and that's not you're not simply talking about what we believe mm-hmm. that that is our our faith in the grace that he's given us to believe mm-hmm. that for salvation. You're also talking broadly about everything that he has done for us that enables us to thrive in our life here and now too. Yeah, that's right. So, like, uh, so when I understand the gospel, um, I understand. Wow, I'm loved. Mm. I am. I am. Val- I'm made in the image of God. I have tremendous worth. You have tremendous worth. Okay, so now we're starting to get into the implications of the gospel. This touches everything. So if all of this is true, if all of this is true, and I am in Christ, I trust in him, well, now I have a whole new authority, and I find joy in submitting to Jesus and his word. Mm. Now I have I have a whole new story that I tell myself about myself. I have a whole brand new identity. And joy, the, I mean, the max joy in life is found in defining myself by what he's done, not what not what I do. And I have a whole new way of being, like the the, the content, the, the activities of my life. As it's now it's, now that's about loving other people the way that I've been loved 
by Jesus, mm-hmm. doing for people what Jesus has, has, has done for me. And so the gospel uh, impacts all of that. It's so, yeah. It's so that's going to, it's going to impact how I think. It's going to impact how I talk, my attitude. It's going to impact all kinds of things that I do and don't do. It's going to, it's going to impact um, my relationships. I mean, there's nothing that it won't. That, that it won't impact. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes believers get this confused. And, and I, could, I could tell that there was a little confusion last week, right? Okay. So last week, last week we talked about sexual ethics. People were like, well, but the gospel is about believing in Jesus. And so like, does my sin, does that, does that mean that I can't go to heaven or does not doing certain sins that helps me get into heaven? No, 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 no. The content of the gospel is what Jesus did for us. You trust in that, you trust in him, you are in Christ, you're going to heaven now. Because I know who he is and all that he's done, that has massive implications on how I live my life, including sexual ethics, and I want to live under his authority, aligned with him. So now we're talking about, so what's the motivation for doing that? Why would I repent? Why would I, why would I obey his commands? Why would I seek to apply what I'm reading in scripture? Why would I uh, pursue wisdom? Well, it's because he loves me. It's because it's because I love him. It's because this is where joy is found. It's because I'm so grateful for what he said. There's all kinds of of motivations that are at play. So yes, I want to I want to align mm. with that. Mm-hmm. And so as we understand that, we just we see how deep this rich mine of the gospel is. Mm-hmm. And this is why the Apostle Paul says, you know, work out your own salvation for it's God who's at work in you. And he's using mining language. Keep drawing out. Keep digging things out, out of that well for yourself. God is working in you as you do that. Mm. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. And I love it because it is so much more than just a tool. It is really a, a whole way of looking mm-hmm. At the truth of God, mm-hmm. the truth of His Word, yeah, and how that impacts the way that we live our life, absolutely, and not just the life to come, but the life here and now too. The life we live right now is very important. Mm-hmm. Now we have tremendous hope in this life. Our hope is for the next life, but we are supposed to be experiencing the abundant life now. I want that for me. I want that for you. I want that for everyone um, who's listening, even the people who aren't listening. <laughs> Very good. Well, I appreciate you taking a few extra minutes to talk about that first before we get to Revelation 2, because I think that is really profound, and I'm excited mm-hmm. to be bringing this to our people over the next few months in uh, in ways that hopefully just kind of bake some of it into the DNA mm-hmm. of who we are as uh, people of Jesus here in this church. Okay. But uh, shifting towards this letter to the church at Thyatira, um, Again, I appreciate the time that you took to walk through some of the symbolism that is in here so that we can understand Mm -hmm. more clearly what it was that Jesus had to say to this church. But I also appreciate that you pointed out that this is a good church. It's a great church. This is a a church that Jesus had some wonderful things to say about. We would all want to be a part of a church like that. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would love to be a part of a church like that. Like if I'm looking for, if for some reason I was looking for a church, that's the kind of church I want to be a part of. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not excited about the whole Jezebel situation, but the, the love, the faithfulness, um, the service, the, 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 the perseverance. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine if Jesus showed up here and he's got a letter for you, the pastor of this church saying, boy, 
you know, your church is growing in service and faith and love and mm, good deeds. That like, would be amazing. That would be amazing. Fuel you forever. <laughs> like, I would imagine they had to feel so warmed as they're hearing that. Mm. You know, and it's not a bait and switch thing. I'm sure it was hard turning the corner. I'm sure that when they got to the we need to talk moment, mm-hmm. um, that, that, that was that was really challenging. But I'm hoping, um, but I bet as that they remember, yeah, we do love Jesus and and we do know our faith and we want to persevere in that and we're not gonna we're not gonna let go of service. So yeah, we're gonna trust him. We're gonna follow him in this hard message mm-hmm. that, that he's given us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for bringing that out because I think for anyone who maybe has read these letters before, it's so easy to just jump to that woman Jezebel. Yeah. And uh, and and that's kind of what this church is is historically linked with and uh and so i'm glad that you <laughs> the way you said that my my the way my brain i was thinking you meant this church autumn ridge i was like wait what are you where, where are we going with this you were talking about definitely the, thank you for clarifying that <laughs> you were talking about the the church at thyatira yes <laughs> was associated with that woman jezebel sorry it's <laughs> it's good that you clarified that <laughs> yeah well but okay but even that the phrase that woman jezebel yeah. there's some things there too that i really appreciated that you brought out mm. because oftentimes i think again for those of us that have studied these letters before this particular one has a stigma attached to it with sure. the way that they've let that woman jezebel you know someone asked me them. a question you know it feels like you kind of went out of your way um, to to talk to bring clarity to that, and I don't know. I mean, maybe that's the way to des- describe it. I don't feel like I went out of my way, but some of the things I was thinking is right now. Um, this is a question that our church is wrestling with women in, in leadership, and and our elder board is wrestling through that. And we see um, different denominations around our country, different networks of churches, kind of wrestling through this and landing and and different ways. And and I recognize that this. And I'm sure other people have recognized this too, that this passage has been used as somewhere that's about her gender, but it's not that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a totally different that's a totally different question. It's the content of what she was teaching and the content of the influence and the kinds of behavior that were so grievous. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I appreciate that you brought it out that it's not about her gender because mm-hmm. I'll admit, even me as I first was approaching this text, I was curious how you were going to handle the gender issue in this one. And it wasn't until you said, there's nothing in here that's talking about her gender. Mm-mm. And it wasn't, it's not any different than last week when it this, was that man, Balaam. <laughs> who, whoever, I, and you know, and you know, that's it. <laughs> I mean, that's not the phrasing, but there was some sort of leader, some sort of person who had influence in the church in Pergamum. And it's, it, Balaam is referenced. And mm-hmm. it's not, it's not about, well, you shouldn't listen to men. I mean, that's not what it is. It's mm-hmm. the content of the teaching and the influence and the kinds of behavior that need to be engaged. Well, I thought you did a nice job of shining the light on what Scripture's actually saying and helping us detangle a little bit yeah. from just some of the stereotypes hey, that swirl around. I'm just as vulnerable as anybody else to bringing a viewpoint to the text. And what we're constantly trying to do is say, okay, what did the biblical writers intend to communicate? What is Jesus trying to communicate? And then we want to take that and apply that instead of doing it in reverse order. Mm-hmm. So there is a slide that you had that I actually had a question about, and I was curious to ask you about it. When you're talking about that we don't tolerate sin because the consequences of sin are intolerable. Yeah. And on a follow-up slide to that, you had the word sin crossed out mm-hmm. and replaced with anti-gospel teaching mm-hmm. or anti-gospel behavior. Yeah. Um, and 
and this is just totally a curiosity thing sure. and maybe it's just a style thing and I'm seeing more in it than I need to but is there a reason why you had the word sin crossed out does it mean anything more than just I was just trying to replace I was it was simply just trying to replace one for the other okay. not like minimizing sin or saying that that wouldn't be sin but if it's hard to kind of get your mind wrapped around what I'm saying I'm just trying to give people another angle to think about it we're not going to tolerate any any teaching in our church that's anti-gospel we're not going to tolerate any behavior in our church that's anti-gospel because the consequences of those things are so in, intolerable you could use sin and those things interchangeably I'm just just trying to come at it from multiple angles, recognize that people think differently. That's okay. it. Okay, so it's just equivalent in your mind. I wasn't oh, yeah. thinking that you were minimizing the impact of sin at all. I was almost yeah. wondering if you're helping us to see as we're working through the different dispositions of judgment and, mm-hmm. or judgmentalism yeah. and discernment, mm-hmm. if if this is another way of helping us recognize rather than just focusing on someone else's sin, mm-hmm. that we're trying to focus on what is anti-gospel behavior? Yeah, and not in a way that cheapens the significant impact sure. of sin, uh, yeah. but to help us maybe take a step towards discernment and away from judgmentalism. Yeah, that's a hope. That's yeah. a hope. Okay. Well, I loved on this topic of mm-hmm. judgment and discernment. I love where you landed with this message on this tool of discernment. Um, this phrase, because our love for Jesus and each other, we don't participate in that here. Yeah. What a great tool Mm -hmm. to give all of us for being able to have those hard conversations. Mm -hmm. Because it's one thing to recognize something you think, I'm not comfortable with that, or this Mm -hmm. doesn't feel right, or Mm -hmm. this just does not seem to line up with the way Jesus would have handled the situation. That's right. Uh, But those can be difficult conversations to enter into. And those words don't have to land like a hammer. Mm -hmm. They could be a warm blanket. Hey, 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 hey. You just let's just remember, hey, we love Jesus, we love each other. That's not this isn't this isn't what we do. Mm-hmm. So give us a little application for this. Another one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, because applications yeah. help things sure. to really stick and and for it to stay. Let's mm-hmm. let's say that uh, maybe a small group is having a discussion mm-hmm. about something yeah. and um, that it is kind of veering off into maybe some coarse joking or something like that. Yeah. There's kind of some insider language. Some people are getting uncomfortable about, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I either feel like there's subtext going on in the corner here. Sure. How could you use a phrase like this that could just help things get back on track? Yeah. Um, again, my it's not my intent, and, and I recognize it could easily turn into this. It's not my intent that everybody's just kind of saying the exact same thing the same way all the time, like mm-hmm. it's like it's a formula. It could be it could be with everybody all at once, or it could be um, just a one on one. It's just say, hey, I you know what? That's not the kind of thing we, we want to do because because it makes so and so uncomfortable. We could you could talk about it in how it violates love. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You know, like um, I think I've I think I've talked about it. I think I've talked about it, talked about this before. Um, it's kind of a dangerous parenting technique. I taught my kids there are no such thing in bad words. There's a bad use of words, and in words that cause someone to feel uncomfortable, unsafe, less valued. I could give a couple of other examples. We, well, we doesn't matter whether it's a good word or a bad word. We we would never talk that way because we don't want someone to to feel that to feel that way. And so maybe um, maybe it's um, or away from everybody else. We happen to be getting coffee at the same time. I just say, hey, Svea, I know you didn't mean anything by it, but sometimes those jokes can cause Jacob over there um, to feel like he's not welcome here. So mm-hmm. would you be okay if, if if we just didn't include that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, 
you know sorry Jacob. <laughs> and if you're and like if you're just if you're if you get like super obstinate like if you bow up on me and you're just like i'm gonna say whatever i want to say <laughs> i'm just gonna be like all right it's <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna i'm just gonna be like i just you know I just think it violates love for Jesus and each other. So that's mm. not the kind of thing we want to do. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. No, I appreciate the headspace for yeah. that because I think even if, and, and I didn't hear you saying that, that these were like words from a script that people would necessarily use, but just a, a methodology. Yeah. It's, of it's how to it's, enter into a, a conversation. Yeah. It's a, that, it's a that disposition moves it yeah. towards Jesus. And so if the root of it is love and remembering that one time, Jesus says, all right, what's the most important command? Okay, let me tell you again. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Everything you read in the Law and the Prophets hinges on this. The Apostle Paul in Galatians, he just summarized it too. Uh, the entire law is uh, fulfilled in love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, it is just all love. Mm-hmm. And so since that's the point, as we say this and how we engage people, well, that has to be loving too. Mm-hmm. And so it just there's no substitute for wisdom. There's no substitute in just kind of marinating in how can I do this and um, our our emotional quotient is important, our relational health is important. Um, we're not just giving uh, barbs and jabs at people. We're this should come from a soft heart, a soft mm-hmm. heart for Jesus and a soft heart for people mm-hmm. in how we would communicate this. So that kind of flows into the last thing in this message that I was wanting to talk a little bit more about, and mm-hmm. that was that. At times, the way that Jesus speaks in these letters feels quite a bit harsher than the Jesus that we see in the Gospels. And yet, I think you highlighted that even the tough talk that he had for this church here Mm -hmm. is motivated by love, by his desire that they would come to repentance. Yeah. And uh, and that that stood out in a fresh way for me this time around, hearing this message this time. Do you ever just want to get people... (laughs) <laughs> is it am i the only one in this conversation that just kind of likes retribution sometimes no, i've felt that way <laughs> i mean i'm not trying to call you out i'm not trying to call I'm you out i'm not gonna lie on recording and say that i haven't <laughs> but it's like sometimes i just want god to get people i want i want people to be punished and but this is part of remembering the gospel the content yeah. of the gospel jesus took all the punishment for sin on the cross and if you would trust in him he's taken that for you right and so Whoever this person Jezebel was, whoever her followers were, Jesus was giving them ample time to repent. Yeah. Repent. Yeah, repent. he says that I've given her time. All this time. And she won't do it. Mm-hmm. I she she just won't do it. The the people who are in her group, they won't do it. And the only reason that Jesus is going to intentionally crank up the heat of pain in her life and their life is because he wants her to repent, because he wants the good for her. Mm-hmm. He wants the good for them. He wants the abundant life. What a gift. Mm -hmm. Now, it's a hard gift, but it's a gift. And it is an an expression of love. See, and I think that's so beautiful because it's so easy for us to read that and just take it like it's punishment. Mm. Or, you know, I'm just mad at at her. I'm mad at them. I'm just going to smack them. and, Mm -hmm. And it just seems like really harsh punishment. But when you realize that's not what it's saying, that his motivation is for repentance because he wants better, Mm -hmm. not just for the the people in the church that haven't gotten mixed up with the sin. Mm -hmm. He wants better for the people causing the sin, too. That's right. Absolutely. 
And that's Absolutely. really a beautiful thing. And I think that was an, a good tie between this really is still the same Jesus mm-hmm. writing these letters to yeah. the Jesus that we know in the Gospels as well. Yeah. And, you know, I... I also want to say, I would imagine that some of the symbolism, some of the references feel, feel harsh. And because I only have 35 minutes to preach, if I had 55 minutes to preach, we could slow down even more and dig into um, why I'm saying this is what this, this is what this is, this Mm -hmm. is symbolism, this is, this is symbolizing. Um, But as you really read the Old Testament, you see the arc of scripture and how the Bible is constantly you know, referencing back to itself. Uh, there's this, I, I might use it in one of the upcoming sermons. There's this beautiful, beautiful image that somebody created and it looks like, it, it looks like a rainbow, um, but that's not even a great, that's not even a great description. It was just showing the many thousands of cross references the Bible makes to itself. And when you, when you know the story of God's word and you understand these cross references and what they were meaning in context and you see it applied in this, you're like, okay, ruling over the nation's iron scepters, shattering the nations like pottery. What that's actually communicating is there will be a time when all those who are enemies of God and enemies of his people, that their power structures are unraveled and they don't exist anymore and the new and the earth is going to be made new and everything is brought under the reign of Christ and all of those who are in Christ get to reign with him it is a picture mm-hmm. of beauty it's not a harsh picture of terror mm-hmm. and uh, i would just encourage people study your bible it is so good mm-hmm. and if you're struggling to know how I say start with the Bible Project. I mean, they, they've got tremendous resources from things that are great for kids all the way up to seminary-level classes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, use that as a great tool and, mm-hmm. and begin thinking about this framework of knowing the content of the gospel. Where do you see the gospel in a certain passage that you're reading? And yeah. what are the implications of that for how you live? And, and how does it motivate you to live that way? Yeah. And uh, yeah, look forward to continuing to build on that as we go. And thanks for sitting down. I know you only have 35 minutes to preach. That's why the, getting to talk a little <laughs> bit more about uh, yeah. this content is so yeah. much fun to do each week. Yeah, hopefully this is helpful, and uh, we'll be back next week. Yeah.